Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. If you grew up in church, you definitely had a couple of lessons that focused in on a guy by the name of Gideon. He had a super small army that defeated a really large army. But some of the details of Gideon's life are really glossed over, and no one really talks about that. In Judges 6, the Israelites are in the middle of their rebellion cycle. They'd serve God for a while, then they'd switch to serving idols and false gods from other cultures. And God would say, if you would rather serve other gods, I can help you out with that. And then they were usually taken captive, or the enemy would oppress them. And at this particular point in time, they're being oppressed by the Midianites, who were essentially their distant relatives through Keturah. And if that name sounds familiar, she's the one Abraham married after Sarah died. But the Israelites were so afraid of the Midianites that they hid in caves. And the Midianites were stealing all of their food. I mean, enemies have never been known for being kind, right? So after about seven years, the Israelites call out to God, and he's going to use Gideon to get them out from under the hand of the Midianites. But Gideon is beating out wheat in a wine press. Why? So the Midianites don't see it and steal it. And so God shows up and says, Gideon, don't worry, I am with you. And he's thinking, sure, you're with me. I mean, if you were really with us, then why are we experiencing all this bad stuff? It sure doesn't feel like you're with us. And the funny part is when you pull back all the layers, that he's actually questioning the presence of God in the presence of God. But God tells him that he is going to be the one that he's going to use to deliver his people from the hand of the Midianites. And as you'd expect, Gideon pushes back. And in a nutshell, he says, who, me? No, no, I'm pretty sure you're mistaken. I'm not the guy. There's other people out there that are way better suited for that task. And eventually it starts to sink in who Gideon is speaking to. And he builds an altar there to worship God. Then God tells him to tear down the altars that his dad was using to worship Baal, and to chop up those idols, and to use that wood to offer a sacrifice to God. And he does it, but he does it at night because he's afraid and he doesn't want to get caught. But the people of the city find out anyway. He does get caught. And now they just want to kill Gideon. So Gideon's dad steps in and says, look, if he's destroyed Baal's altar, then let Baal execute judgment on him. And then nothing happens. Why? Because Baal isn't a real god. Now, this is the part where the Sunday school lessons usually begin. Gideon says, God, if you really want me to go up against the Midianites, I'm going to put this wool fleece on the ground. And in the morning, if the fleece is covered with dew, but the ground is dry, then I'll have my confirmation sign. And of course, God does what Gideon requests. The next morning, there it was. But he still wasn't convinced. So he said, Lord, let's do that again. 
but in reverse order. Could you make the fleece dry and the ground all around it wet with dew? And of course, God does what only God can do. Now, a lot of people want to use this same method with God. Lord, if you don't want me to buy that car, then make the dealership go out of business before I get there. (laughs) Or if you want me to have a new job or date that person, write yes with blue crayon on my living room wall. But God doesn't work like that. The problem with putting out fleeces is that God had already told Gideon what to do. He just responded by saying, say what now? Can you say that one more time? Because I don't think I heard you right. So don't try a fleece with God. You already have his Holy Spirit living in you. He's the one who will give you peace when you're afraid to step out to do what God is asking you to do. Ask yourself this question. What is it inside of me that insists that God's directions make sense before I'll actually follow them? It's a matter of trust, isn't it? I either trust him or I don't. It's that simple. So after God's confirmation that yes, that was indeed the plan, Gideon starts out to war against the Midianites. Now the Midianite army had 135,000 soldiers. When Gideon rallies all his men together, he has an army of 32,000. Then God tells him to send anyone home who's afraid. So there's 22,000 scaredy cats that say, yeah, I'll take that offer. And so now he's left with only 10,000 soldiers. So his odds, while they weren't great in the beginning, They went from about 4 to 1 to 13 to 1. But God isn't through yet. He's going to divide those 10,000 who were left into two very different categories. There's going to be the normal people and the weird people. Now hang with me here. There are 9,700 people that I would classify as abnormal. Because normal people, when you go down to a stream to get a drink... Normal people will cup the water in their hands to drink. Today, you'd put a cup or a Yeti in the water, right? But I've never just stuck my head straight in and started lapping water like a dog. That's just weird. So God tells Gideon, those who just dunk their head in the water and lap like a dog, send them home too. Why? Well, they weren't going to be attentive or watchful for an approaching army and Well, you just can't be if your head is underwater. So the good news is that Gideon gets the normal people, but the bad news is 9,700, even though they're what I would classify as abnormal, are sent home. So Gideon is now left with 300 men. That's less than 1% of the original army, but God's still not done. Now that he's down to only 300 men, God gives Gideon a plan which makes no logical sense. They were given a ram's horn to put in one hand and a clay pot with the torch inside for the other hand. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm one of the 300 remaining soldiers, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, you want us to sneak up behind them, 
blow their eardrums out by blowing the ram's horn. And then while they have their hands over their ears, I'm supposed to smash the clay pot over their head and then take my torch and set their pants on fire? I mean, that sounds like an incredibly bad plan. And the text says that the enemy's camels were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Now, don't miss this. God decreases the army so he could increase his glory. He wants to get the glory from the miraculous, not the logical. So they blow the ram's horns, and again, God does what only he can do. And the sound of those horns threw the Midianite army into confusion, and they actually start fighting each other. And only about 15,000 escape, including the two kings of the Midianites, Zeba and Zalmunna. And this is where the PG-13 Sunday school version ends. But the rest of the story is that Gideon and his 300 men chase after them. And they cross the Jordan and come to the city of Succoth. And he tells the leaders of the city, look, we're after Zeba and Zalmunna, but we need some nourishment. We're worn out from battle. Can you give us some loaves of bread? And they say, well, who do you think you are? You think you're going to win against Zeba and Zomuna? We're not going to help you. So they go on to the next city, Peniel, and the same thing happens. And Gideon promises both of those cities that he's going to come back once they've defeated those two Midian kings to exact some revenge. And he does just that. He tortures the men of Succoth, who refused to help him, and he tears down a tower in Penuel and killed the men of the city. And I set this all up for you to say this one thing. Gideon moves from someone who's full of fear to someone who's full of self, never seeking God's plan or direction. God never asked him to do those things to the cities of Succoth and Peniel. And we need to be careful not to do the same thing. Do what God has asked you to do, absolutely. But don't embark on things that God hasn't asked you to do. The people tell Gideon, you need to be our leader. And of course, he pushes back and says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be your leader, nor my sons, but the Lord, the Lord, he'll be your leader. And that sounds like a great answer. But then he asks everyone to give him a gold earring from all the plunder. And from all that gold, he makes an ephod for himself. And you'll remember that an ephod was something that only the high priest was supposed to wear. So this was in direct violation to God's commands and a huge display of arrogance. What was the result? Israel prostituted itself by worshiping it. The Bible says it became a snare to his household, but not just to his family. Gideon, being full of himself, led an entire nation right back into idolatry because of it. Now, let me wrap this up by saying this. There are times we all feel like God should use someone else rather than us. And Moses, from the start, when God called him, he told God, I'm the wrong guy. I'm weak. I don't speak well. And if you could bring some other people alongside me to help, that would be awesome. <laughs> but here's the thing. God already knew that he was a murderer. 
but yet God still chose to use him. The Apostle Paul says, if I'm going to boast about anything, I'm going to boast about the things that show my weakness. So here's the bottom line, and you can write this down. It appears that we can be too big for God to use, but it's impossible to be too small. And the Bible describes us as weak earthen vessels. And the way that his glory gets out is not through our strengths, but through our cracks. But you have to be willing to be okay with that. Now, most of us want to live our lives with our vessels whole, not cracked. But all that does is hide the light. We want to live under this crazy idea that we need to hide the cracks and pretend like everything's okay. And when we do that, we're actually covering some of the greatest cracks that God, through his glory and grace, could shine through. And Gideon went from a man of fear to a man full of himself. And let me encourage you today, don't fill those cracks with yourself. We need to come to him as people who are broken and cracked because that's exactly who we are. Well, I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I'd love for you to write a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. Share it with a friend. You can find the podcast on iHeartRadio and Pandora, as well as Apple Podcasts and even Amazon. Just say, hey Alexa, play the Walking Together podcast with Dennis Lavelle. It's that simple. So stay encouraged, keep walking with the Lord, and don't fill those cracks with yourself. Let God's glory shine through them. Thank you.